What's up, guys? You are listening to the Beat London One Hundred Three Point Six FM with me, Bashak, on my show, The Social. Now, you guys have heard about it all show. We have the lovely Denny West with us in the virtual building. He will be joining and chatting to me about all things creativity and inspiration. Hi, Denny. How are you doing? How are you? Good. Super excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I know it's a little earlier that side, so appreciate it very much. <laughs> busy days always. Now, before we get into it, I have to ask you. As you know, you know this Corona period has been the craziest ride for absolutely everybody in the world. Um, now that we are at least here in London, we are coming out of the other side. Thankfully, hopefully, all in one piece. Um, what do you think you've learned most about yourself uh, in this process? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I think about it all the time. One thing that I was able to uh, lock in and realize was that all the sweat equity I put in over the last, you know, ten years into my work was actually like paid off for me, and it was sitting there like building interest. So when the world shut down, and like a lot of people were trying to figure out like you know how to find work, where's work going to come from? Work came to me, and I never actually had to do anything. So I would wake up to calls and texts and emails from people I've worked with through the years who never forgot about me, who never forgot about, you know, the, the the experience of working with me, the you know the intensity I bring into the work, and they needed that. So it was like it was a it was a humbling moment to realize when you know everything hit the fan that uh, people didn't forget, um, and I was top of mind. So that was something that was like really really uh, dope about quarantine, and it helped me also just slow down. I was used to always like being in the streets, having to fly here, go here, meet this person. I used to think that was like something I needed to do, and then quarantine made me realize like I could be on Zoom, yeah. I could just FaceTime somebody, I could just oh. text them, and we're not gonna miss a beat, you know. So no pun intended, but you know it was it was dope. So I'm actually super grateful for it, and and then the time to be with my family. I was always out, you know, so I was a FaceTime dad at some point, so whatever though, because I was always having to fly somewhere or whatever though. So now I get to really be at home with my wife and daughter yeah. and uh, at the same work uh, that I used to do. So very cool. That's a, that's a good um, holistic overview. Thank you. And I think, you know, kind of what you said there initially around uh, people checking in with you is, is really powerful. Uh, it goes to show the kind of credibility you've been able to uh, muster a, as you went through your career and then kind of you were able to, I guess, reap the benefits uh, as a result in this more quiet time where you are top of mind, you are the go-to guy. And hopefully, you know, you're able to keep working, which is what everybody wanted to do. So very, very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. Now, I came, I first yep. came across you while I was watching this Be Inspired series on YouTube, um, and you were one of the speakers. And 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 while we were planning for this month's show, this month's show is all about kind of behind the scenes industry creatives uh, who do their work, I think, at a really, really high level. Um, why I wanted to reach out to you and what struck me most about you was your energy and you have such kind of like a confidence uh, about you. Um, I know it's been mentioned a few times, so I don't want to parrot along, but uh, it really is, is, is there, it's palatable. I think it's special. Um, and you have this kind of raw, energy correct me if i'm wrong that that feels like you kind of just get stuff done right you just you just do you get it done you get it yeah done. yeah definitely. well as well right we, we don't that was a learned trait though yeah mm. 
No, nah, it was it was something I can honestly say was uh, it was never there before in the early days of me. Um, I'm, I'm naturally an introverted person, so it's like hard for me in the beginning to like be more open, be more communicative with people, and especially in the creative process because in my head I could hear it and see it and understand it. But I had a hard time in the early days, like relaying that to somebody or helping them better understand my vision. So jump forward by the time I had met Puff, um, which I don't even understand why he had hired me at the time because it was the worst interview in the world. I was so just like over it for myself because I felt like I did such a bad job. I couldn't like get over like ah, I messed up on this one thing. But, you know, God works in amazing ways. Mm-hmm. But working with him, you know, there's a there's a there's a you get thrown into the deep end quick and if i didn't learn quickly how to you know express yourself move into the super independent be very very expressive be able to articulate in real time to him like what i see i saw that i would get passed things would just fly right by me and i wouldn't be able to you know seize the opportunity so i'm always grateful for him because he always like without me really realizing it pushed me to the last thing i needed from myself was to be able to really just like take charge of some stuff. And because Puff is the type of person who will let you essentially like lead a project out of nowhere, like don't mess that up. Like yeah, don't yeah, get a great yeah, opportunity yeah. And, and pass it up. So with, with, with all the great experiences I've had with him, it really just chills me to have this level of confidence within myself. Like I know I can get it done and I know I can kill it. Uh, and at the same time too, like I know I don't really need people at a t- in a certain sense. So don't be, I won't be dependent on somebody else, which made me learn a ton of other, um, you know, yeah. unique tools. Cause I won't, I won't sit and wait. If you take an hour, that's too long for me. I just go do it myself. <laughs> yeah, we are very similar. I drive my producers crazy. I'm like, all right, you can't do it. I'll do it. <laughs> it's fine. Just- like, yeah, no, literally. Like, nah, it's cool. You don't do the light. I'll, I'll go do the lighting. Huh? <laughs> what edit? No, I'll just go edit it. No, it's fine. It's cool. You want me to, we don't have an Uber driver. I'll go drive. It's cool. I'll do it. <laughs> like breathe, breathe, breathe. Uh, but no, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And that's so beautiful. Um, it's interesting the way that you phrase that, if I can just take a minute. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the kind of expression and that the skill set of being an articulate person, which you already are, but maybe a more vocally articulate person, um, maybe puffboard out of you. But what I'm interested in maybe knowing a little bit more about is where did you get the drive in the first place? Because the, the ideas are yours, you know, the inspiration is yours and the, you know, the execution is ultimately yours, no matter which vessel it comes through, right? Where does that, where does that come from? Oh man, um, I've always wanted to be a creative. I didn't always know at what realm though. Um, I was always fascinated by like movie posters, magazine covers. Um, didn't even understand how they got done. And then obviously I got introduced to like the Adobe suite and it like blew my mind, like the limitless pill, like, oh my God, this is a thing. Like I could do this myself. And I became just like a straight nerd and it's all things creative. And I would just, every day, every day I would just stay up until two, three in the morning, just doing ideas. Even if it didn't go anywhere, I just wanted to learn, 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 learn. And then through that, and then just like, you know, networking with people, I started to realize like what a creative director was. Uh, what marketing agencies really were. Um, and I just got really addicted to like wanting to be close to that. And then it's just like a weird one though, cause I didn't really all the way get what I wanted to do. I just love to create. Yeah. Like I never had a singular path. Like I never really thought I wanted to be a creative director. I knew what they were. I didn't think this was gonna be my, my thing that I did. Yeah. Um, 
But the more information I got about it, the more things I got introduced, working with different uh, marketing firms and seeing the impact of what a creative director could do. It's like, wow, at one point I could almost drive down the street and see my influence everywhere. Uh, and that's something I've always wanted. So I was like, you know, this is a good, this was like a good career path for me because also with also uh, being at that level, I get to control a lot, which means I can give opportunity to younger creatives. Like I, myself, I remember being who could get no opportunity. This is something I can control. And then also with all the information I get and knowledge, just pass it down. So right now it's something I'm, I'm very passionate about because everything that I do, every situation, good or bad is something I can pass along to another set of creatives mm -hmm. and uh, it's 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 worth it for me. So even in the worst day, you can always keep that as my North Star is like with what I'm doing, I'm able to affect change and help a lot of people. So it's worth it for me. Beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> That's very, very true. Um, and I also like that you said there, you know, you go around the city and you see your work everywhere, right? It's kind of your legacy in lived form in this more creative expression that comes to life. And, you know, as, as you, I'm sure, have gone through your career, people have been able to recognize your work and your signature style and the way that you operate speaks for itself. And that's in itself beautiful. That stuff does not come cheap. It does not come easy. But once you get to a certain level, I think those are the fruits of your um, labor and you, you know rightly so it's, it's incredible to see that you have the mindset where you want to give to to young people um to that you know actually that was my next point so we're, we're really sticking <laughs> up here i love it to that point um obviously we know the creative side of the industry comes really natural to kind of most creatives right that we don't need to kind of over engineer that but i think the more business stuff um can be tricky at times and you have to have a certain level of business acumen or strategy or something and do you have any advice for any young people listening in who want to delve into their talent whatever that might be um but don't necessarily trust it or don't know how to stay smart when it comes to the business stuff because one wrong contract, as we know, you can sign your muscles away. It, uh, look, it's completely 100% true. And I am a billion percent guilty of coming into doing everything that I do with the most minimal amount of knowledge when it comes to business. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky because being a freelancer so young in my career when I started around 17, 18, I just kind of chiseled up from every single deal I did, even if it was just something as small as like a flyer to a logo, mm -hmm. learning off of every interaction to make sure if something was wrong, uh, I never had it happen again. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was like annoying because in the beginning stages, you're so into the creative, you really don't want to do the business. The business is a tedious, annoying thing that can kind of take away your energy love. and your like love. It happens. You know, if you don't have a team behind you, you have to be fully self-sufficient. It kind of just is what it is. Like you just have to be able to just, you know, put on two hats. Um, it's okay. It is okay when you make mistakes though. Like I have done things like one time I edited a hundred photos for a brand, didn't think about a contract and then sent the edited photos over. And they were like, we don't need to send you anything. You already gave it to us. Yeah. And I remember walking, looking at my email and I was like, oh, I really messed up. Like, how could I have done this? But I was so into the edit. I love the work so much. It completely just went past me like, hey, I should cover and protect myself. After that exact moment, which I never forgot, was like 13, 14 years ago, I've never not done anything without a contract. I never not made sure the terms were completely clear, all that stuff. So it's like it's OK to make mistakes, just learn from those mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and even at this level where I'm at now, you know, a lot of people 
come to me for advice, I'm still learning. I'm still becoming a better executive. I'm still using what I learn every day and bringing it into the next, even down to little things of how you, you know, formulate emails, how you give feedback. Those are all learned things. You're nobody's going to be perfect at it. Um, I would say like a couple years ago, I was definitely more of like a wild, like aggressive person when it came to those things. Like I probably, you know, put off a lot of people because of just how intense I was, but it's because I, I love what I do so much. And I've definitely learned, you know, through interactions too, like how to read people better and have a better understanding of them. So then I can still get my point across, but there's different ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, and even from the business side too, like I study a lot of the guys around me, like some of my best friends are amazing at business. Right. They, they can't create nothing. They probably could even draw a circle if you forced them to. Shout but amazing. And, you know, shout out to them. But they're amazing in business. Yeah. And so I have a lot of conversations with them. You know, if I can, I'll sit in the room. I'll listen to them. I'll see how they go back and forth dealing with a terrible situation and how they balance, you know, their anger and, and impatience with still not letting that affect the situation or how they negotiate or how they're thinking, you know, two, three, four things down the line. Like I will, I stay a student of the game more than anything. And that's, that's, I feel the most important, like there's nobody who's perfect at business. Even if you go to business school, right. There's still other things that they don't teach you that you don't know, you know? And I feel like the biggest thing in business too, is just people. Like understanding that nobody is perfect and you could want every situation to be perfect is illogical, yeah. right? You could be doing everything right on paper, but that person you're dealing with could honestly be having the worst day ever and you don't know it. So you have to be able to gauge people and have a better understanding of like all of a sudden, like they just seem super angry and you know, you're not doing anything wrong. Like you might need to be more empathetic within that situation to help them like kind of calm down. You know, there's, there's so many different caveats to it. Like business is not a perfect thing, even though we wish it was, uh, you know, it's just that's just the belly of the beast when it comes to business. Creative is beautiful. Because creative is it's free flowing. There's great energy and it. it's collaborative. Business is so cut and dry at times, but it not it's kind of weird to say. So I 100 percent agree. And I think business sharpens you. It forces you to think mm -hmm. maybe more critically than you would in your fairy tale brain of creative uh, processes and living on the cloud. It kind of makes you kind of come back down to earth and go, cool. What is the point? Who is the audience? What are we trying to achieve? And those things are as important as a dope creative and as a dope kind of visual as well. So yeah, if you've got a good balance with it, and it sounds like you've got a great team, then hopefully you can take the good with the bad and keep it, keep it rolling. And look for mentors, ask for help. It's okay. Like don't, don't be so ego driven or pride, prideful where you can't throw out a lifeline like I've done it recently. Um, there's a guy I met through another project. Um, he's the creative director at Spotify, you know, within the, the project we we're working on, though, I just like, hey, you know, is it cool? Maybe this weekend I, I drop you a line. I would just love to ping some things past you. He was like, sure. Yeah, go ahead. You know, and we talked on life. We didn't even talk on business. Mm -hmm. We just talked as men. I wanted to get perspective on how he deals with being a father and da da da, and then in quarantine and stuff. And he was super cool. He gave me a lot of gems I wasn't even expecting. And I think I gave him some things that he wasn't even expecting. But if I went into that situation, like thinking, you know, I'm the best creative director ever. I don't want to hear anything from this guy. I got to miss an opportunity to get some amazing information and, and create a relationship with somebody who has a lot of value to me um, that I know over, you know, the next 10, 20 years, like I can always 
hit that person. But being prideful will will not get you the help that you need. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so powerful, and I'm sure he got so much out of you as well. And probably went home to his partner, his wife, and like that, that guy, that guy over there. He's kind of, he's kind of nice, you know. And you know, who's, this, who's this wild little aggressive dude who just be saying all these things? But he's, he's, he's got some good points, you know, which is great. And then that's kind of what you want. You want to start building a tribe, hopefully, a culture of people that are interconnected interdependent because we all need each other and relationships are the the the, the long and thick of it you know if you don't vibe with people you're not going to get very far and you know that re- that requires us i think to constantly be listening and talking and learning so very much very cool that um you said those things now let's talk about your being a creative director uh, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, you are for those that don't know Revolt TV's creative director um that is a title how does it feel to have that title first of all let's give you a, let's give you a little bit of talk your it's, it's weird it does it feel good it's a little it's a little euphoric i'm not gonna lie originally i had uh i had came to revolt i had dealt with revolt for years with puff um and it was just always you know touch and go interactions and then uh, right before quarantine when my partner dion he became a uh, head of digital i can't remember his title at the time um you know he was like yo i need you over here so i kind of came on board just as a consultant right the first week of quarantine is literally the week i had started so i started consulting with a company with people i wouldn't meet now and we're trying to adjust to an all digital interface with everybody while trying to figure out quarantine it was a very interesting month uh needless to say but the good thing was you know of course i knew everybody but again for the sort of like the first year i was a consultant um you know i just did what was ever needed i saw the things with the brand i wanted to change Mm -hmm. but again consultant not really an employee not really like a figurehead not really a face right a decision maker that can kind of go this is what we're doing full stop yeah there was always like a level above me and so toward the end of uh 2020 you know the conversation started you know it was like you know we would love to bring you on board um it's like okay cool you know I, i'd already been kind of doing the work but then really like formalizing it and making it like that thing was uh was the thing and then you know it, it happened and i honestly moved so fast into it because we were already moving on so many other projects it, it didn't really sink and hit me until more recently when uh, some guys from my team were telling me some things that had changed in their life from coming to my team yeah. and that's when it kind of really hit me like wow like I really am that I really am the creative director like I really did create new jobs new opportunity uh, and the people around me are benefiting in so many amazing ways Uh, and I still have days where I still don't believe it I'm gonna be honest like I know what I deal with it you know I work 24 hours a day I get it I know what my job is but at the same time I just kind of sit and like huh really like this is this is this is really this is really me this is it you know my my wife tells me all the time she's never seen me happier um again even through the bad just because i enjoy what i do so so much like i'm really grateful and i tell people all the time when you're creative it's kind of like the best job in the world it's like cheating because look look what we get to do you, you know do our passion and we get paid for yeah, yeah you do it for free lord does and that's the- and i definitely did do things for free let's not front on that it was not all <laughs> it was not all good checks i did a lot of stuff for free just because i wanted to absolutely but th- that's the key isn't it like that's the real that's the real tea like find the thing that sets your soul on fire whatever that might be 
you know, and, and do that as often as possible. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's so awfully spoken about, but I can hear it in your voice. And it's a beautiful thing to hear because it's almost melodic that the, the way that, you know, you truly do love what you do and you're good at it. And we also love what we're good at as well because we're, you know, human creatures. So it's- I love, I love to be in competition with myself too. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing. Like I love to be the best. And I love to end every day and then start the next one asking myself, like, how do I be better? How do I do this better? What could have been better? What about this could have evolved? I I constantly push my guys all the time. Like, oh, this is amazing. You did a great job. All right. Now, how could it have been better? How do we do better? Like the next time around, make this even more fire. Are you a Virgo? You sound like a Virgo. (laughs) No, I'm an Aries, actually, which usually scares people. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're an Aries. (laughs) <laughs> not evil, I swear. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a Virgo, which is why that's exactly how kind of we operate, which is like, all right, this was cool, but like let's let's get to the next level and the next level and the next level and always trying to, you know, and okay, so do you find then is there a price that you pay either via your time, your energy, and kind of the more negative stuff? Is there a price you feel like you pay for every level of consciousness that you reach? Yep. 100 percent time is the most yeah. valuable thing i know i have sacrificed a lot of um you know i've sacrificed time away from friends and family um yeah. i've sacrificed a ton of time on just just for myself yeah. um in my my middle years like in my 20s i definitely was just so into the work you know i wasn't even as health conscious as i am now i would just I would work till I would literally pass out at any place. Like I fall, used to fall asleep in, in cabs. I used to fall asleep standing. Like I didn't care. I would just just go. And of course, you know, you get older and you realize like, you know, it's, it's good to have that level of passion, but also be smart about it because you want to be around for the long haul. Um, I, I do have regrets now um, on time I've lost that I could have had with uh, certain people in certain situations. But I'm also grateful for it now, though, because, you know, if you if you harp on the things that you missed out on, you're not going to pay attention to what's in front of you. And all that sweat equity that I said that I put in, um, I'm seeing the fruits of that now. Mm-hmm. I had a great conversation with a friend yesterday. He was like, dude, do you realize that if you have an idea for anything, wow. that you're one of the few people that we know who can make it happen? He's like, if you wanted to start a company, if you wanted to shoot a movie, if you wanted to build a car, you actually have the resources Uh, that you've created to do it. And I didn't even think about it until he said it. And mind you, he's wildly more successful than me. And he's telling me, like, dude, I am jealous of the fact that, like, you really created all that. I was like, wow, I never paid attention to it. So it's like a double edged sword. I could sit here and be, oh, what was me? I gave up all this time or I realized, like, I created almost like the perfect machine for me now. So how do how do how do i activate that now look at how much i gained right Mm -hmm. to be able to do that and that's such a beautiful thing that your friend said very cool because he almost says you know you are the producer of all things and you then by virtue of that become the master of your own fate right yep you decide literally judge jury and executioner which is beautiful so it's the freedom everyone looks to have you know it's not just financial freedom it's it's decision making power which is what we're talking about here amazing that was our first half of dunning west thank you so much sir we're gonna come back and uh, you're listening to the social with me bashek what's popping y'all this is earth game 
And you rocking with the social with Bashak on the Beat London 103.6 FM. What's up, guys? You are listening to the Beat London 103.6 FM. We are very much back in conversation with Revolt TV's creative director, Dunny West. He is joining us for a creative series this month on the social, and we are so happy to have him on the show. Hi, sir. Still with us? Still here. Still here. Beautiful. Now, I have to ask you, I could not do this interview or our listeners justice if I didn't go in with the big dogs, right? So stay with me here. I have to ask about Diddy, of course. How does it feel? What's up? Far away. All right, you're ready. Okay. How does it feel to be in such close quarters with someone who is like genuinely, you know, living legend uh, caliber? And how do you think he would describe you? in three words wow that's a great one um so i got really lucky early in my career to have worked with a ton of artists that i i liked from like you know on their on their way up to then like signed artists that I, i liked and then like real superstars so by the time i had met puff uh it wasn't it was a big deal because he was an idol, but I wasn't like shell shocked. I wasn't afraid to, you know, be in his presence, even though he is a very intimidating person. Like yeah. he's intense. He, he's very like he is intense. Yeah, yeah. like he he's yeah, very intense. He, and he has like tunnel vision, like I've never seen in anybody else before. So like he he don't play around. Um, I've been grateful to for everything. Whenever and whatever he's deciding, he's focusing on in that exact moment he can give 3 million percent of his energy and focus and spirit into that. And he can just see so big full picture. And that's like one of the greatest things I learned from him is being able to have that tunnel vision and turn that on and off and not miss a beat. Um, It's been, I have times where I don't even realize like it's him. Yeah. I know I've known him for so long. Yeah, it's just like, to me, you know, we call him between me and a certain group of people, like we just call him Big Homie. So like, I just know him as that, you know, and I just, it's just, I'll be around him, you know, we're working, we're doing our thing. And then he'll have these moments though, where, like he'll he'll go into like Diddy mode. Yeah. And I just have to take a step back and be like, yo, this really is him. Like he'll just, he'll be saying some wild stuff or he'll start dancing yeah. and I'll start laughing. I'll be like, yo, this guy really, he really is a living legend. Like he doesn't not know how to be anything else other than than this. You know, you just have to take moments to remember too, like, you know, and be grateful. Like, wow, I really do get to work with this guy. I really do get to learn from him. Uh, this is this is a beautiful experience, but then I have to snap right back out of it because there's something I need to give him or I owe him. And I'm like, yeah, when I get in the car, I'll be more grateful and like come back to reality. I love that. And how would he describe you in three words? I haven't let that one go. I want it. I, I know. I was, I was trying to hope, I hope oh you God. would. I don't forget. Maybe in the, uh, I'll give you two versions of that answer. So uh, the early years and then the current years. Okay, that's the early years, he probably would say I was passive, dope, and not aggressive enough. Interesting. Now, I think he would say still too quiet. Okay. Super dope. Okay. And maybe too aggressive at times. <laughs> <laughs> There's a respect thing. I think that's what I'm guilty of at times, though, with certain people is that uh, when they may be looking for me to kind of, you know, jump forward and like speak out, 
I still like to give them some levels and rooms of Peace. respect to let them kind of like do their thing first. Because uh, I'm not like a combative person. I don't want to be in your face like, no, it's got to be the color blue. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let us like naturally kind of get there. And I think for him, he kind of looks for that sometimes with me. So like that's still a learning curve after all these years. I'll have to snap into him and be like, yo, just go fight him real quick. Like, just go tell him or really push it with them. Even if I, he feels that I may be wrong, he still wants to feel that you're you're ready to argue or bring that uh, to it. Yeah. For him, yeah. Maybe that's the way he sh you show your love for the thing. You got to fight for this thing, right? <laughs> yes. The, he, that definitely, I believe, is his love language. Like, he wants everybody to be ready to go gladiator over, over this. But it always means that we're just that into the project and we're going to walk away with the best product possible, which he always makes the best product possible. Mm, bars i love it that sounds exhausting but rewarding but beautiful but challenging like it sounds all those things which is when you know you've done a very good job like nothing worth having comes easy and he knows that nope. you know that right and that's that's what all, all the number ones everything that we've done that's been extremely notable was never easy it was always the, probably at times the worst, most difficult situation, trials and tribulations. And then we got to the other side and we're like, oh, hey, we got it. We did it. We just hit number one. Oh, we just sold out. Oh, we just made X amount of millions. We just put out this amount of cases like it's amazing. But in that in between time, yo, we'd be going through it. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be rough. Uh, no, I appreciate you saying that. I think that's so honest because people only see in this generation the pretty and the, the, the covers and the Jonathan Manon shot this and the, you know, you, you only see the end result and not the process. And um, part of this series for us is kind of get into the process and get a sense of like, all right, what's behind that curtain? And I really, I felt like we could have this kind of conversation. I'm grateful that we are because um, it's important not to it's important to talk real as much as we can, right? Within the confines of, of this world. Transparency is yes. currency. Transparency okay. is everything. Like people really need to, to, to own up to that and really need to relay that out more. Stop trying to act like everything's all perfect. It's not. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate you 100% for that. And, and to that point about kind of, you know, all right, I'm going to let people get to the blue if blue is the color we, I want. Um, how do you remain committed to the vision because you know you often have to take probably a lot of projects from ideation to delivery and there's obviously a huge team that you have and people have opinions people are come from a certain level of conditioning everyone has their own life experiences yada 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 like how do you remain so committed to what you want to see that when there's a thousand voices telling you to zig you use you, you zag or do you zag that's, that's, or do you no it's a, it's a beautiful yeah. question I, I will not. I will, I, I will I never will not waver. <laughs> I will not. When I feel it in my gut, it's there. And you cannot argue with me. You cannot make me change my mind. I did in my early years. I had caved a lot. I'm not going to lie because I would either be, you know, worried to mess up a situation or the bag would be like, ah, I don't want to lose this or whatever. But over, over the years, I realized, especially when I would cave and then see everything go wrong and see terrible creative go out and then knew that like, I was right. I was right and I should have stayed on there. That I, I tell myself all the time, like I'm okay with living and dying by my decisions. Yeah. When I feel it in my gut, when I know this is the path because the, the, the 10 year of experience um, I have, my, my passion and commitment to everything that I do, I know this is the right decision. Yeah. I'm just gonna stand by it. And sometimes, Look, 
everything can be perfect in my mind and it could still be technically the wrong path people may not like that blue <laughs> i'm okay with that though because i loved it like my gut told me this is what we needed to do yeah. and art creativity is also very subjective so that's it's something like creatives should also remember too. Like you could put a billion man hours into it, have the best budget, you love it, and then it goes out and you do not get the reception you wanted. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it, you don't have to worry about the mass audiences loving it. If you love it, if a certain few people that you respect love it, that is in and of itself a, a great feeling, and you know you accomplished something. Like how many movies are put out? That like those directors, those people are like, yo, my movie is amazing. This is the best thing ever. And it comes out and it gets like a two on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rotten Tomatoes kills it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like it's okay because then what happens? Some of those movies become cult classics and then they grow and grow and grow. And then everybody has a new appreciation for them. Like it's, 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 it's okay. It's okay. But as, as somebody in my position as a creative director, though, like you're going to have a billion opinions come at you. A billion people have, you know, a different viewpoint. You always just have to remember, of course, be respectful. You know, people let them say what they have to say. But if you know in your gut and you're not being challenged with something that you feel is actually better because you have to be perceptive to that, um, just just to stay the path. Mm. That's it. Like, just, just stay the path and be OK with it might not work. Yeah, 100%. There's two things I want to touch on here. It's It's interesting to me when we think about projects and creativity and the things that you put out into the world right it's all energy right and you don't know even you know some of your number ones that you've mentioned you don't know that the kind of dj khaled album cover or whatever else that you guys have pulled together is gonna work but beyond that you don't know if it's gonna have an impact Mm-hmm. You, you 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 live and die for the impact every day right if we talk about legacy and we zoom out for a minute there's almost a sense of like there's the immediate audience that we're always trying to cater to but then there's the kind of ogs right that that like have to live life with you and, and you grow and then you look back and and, and and projects become seasoned what do you kind of look to cater to the most between those two people because you kind of need to have you need to have the immediate audiences cosine to some degree right because they'll, they'll bolster they'll give you resources for the next project but you also want to get the og's opinions how do you dance between those two hmm that's an interesting one so one thing i kind of realized is like a lot of creatives right now cater too much to what's the now yes yes and i've always had this mindset for forever of like timeless art uh, can it stay? Can, could I bring this back up 10 years from now and still have the same feeling? Um, and with keeping that in mindset, I kind of get to hit both those realms. Like, yeah, I, I make this comparison a lot, right? I call it the Kanye effect. Kanye will put something out and then all of a sudden completely change the paradigm of what everybody thinks is now the new norm, right? Kanye puts out a, 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 an album cover and it's just all red all of a sudden red is the most predominant color that everybody has to do. Everybody's going simplistic and da da da. Then all of a sudden he'll put out something that's super, you know, gothic. 
Then now everybody wants to do gothic. Then ASAP Rocky comes along. Now everybody wants to go black and white. And like you see these waves and patterns move within culture. And it's it's dope, you know, take it, take from it, get some inspiration from it, but still build something completely different. Build your own, like see what's, be more like a brand spotter, like trend setting than trying to just keep up with what is right now. I deal with this sometimes with a lot of my younger creatives, um, you know, and I love, that's a, one of the reasons I have them around though, because they kind of like keep me in touch with the younger side of things. And, you know, and they'll put things in front of me and they'll show me like, yo, this is performing incredibly well. This is dope. And I'll understand why it's working, but at the same time, I'll still challenge them like, okay, just because this happens to be working. Today. I mean that, it, yeah, today doesn't mean that really works for us. How do we take this base concept and evolve it yeah. and still keep it fly? Yeah. Like that's always a forever thing with me. Like I really do not care yeah. what everybody else is doing. Yeah. I really only care about what my heart tells me yeah. is dope and timeless and i'm not going to regret it and of course i am the person who will regret it the next day but it's mainly because like i keep myself on my toes like cool this is amazing how could this be better you know but i, I never keep myself in a place of like comparing anything i do to other people i you, you can't do that you'll drive yourself insane if you keep that as a forefront in your mind and you'll lose every time every time you're not meant to be like anybody else and and, and, and the beautiful thing is you know that and knowing mm -hmm. that means you're armed with a certain level of confidence in any room you go into, any project you go into to kind of go, either way, I'm good, right? Even if this goes down the drain and we lose money or whatever, um, I still kind of trusted me in that level of self-confidence, I think, um, probably inspires more. Look, at this level, though, I don't lose. Okay. Tell, tell I'm going to keep it 100. Okay. I don't lose. We don't lose. I don't lose. If I'm in the room, you, we're winning. We're getting a number one. I can guarantee you that. I love it. I love it. Very cool. Talk to me about your creative process then, because I read somewhere that you love your kind of Zen vibes. You love your candles, Absolutely. all that stuff. I, I have two lit right now. Lovely. I have coffee, tea, two candles. I'm, 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 I'm chilling. Um, I, it's funny. I actually asked myself this question more recently. I, I, I've been blessed to build my own studio that I'm able to now work out of. And as I was curating this room, I started to really think about my own creative process. And something I realized when creating the room was my first initial idea ended up not being as good as I wanted it to be. And I started kind of just jigsawing everything around and created something better. And it made me realize like that's always been my process. Like have a first initial idea and love it and then in the process of creating it i'll have these like i call happy accidents yeah, yeah. or i'll do something accidentally and i'm like wait that huh really oh oh and i start diving down that rabbit hole and it's consistently always worked for me wow. like i'll see it in my head and then i'll just play around with it. it's like Legos or like uh, Play-Doh or something like it's the structure will be there, but then you can just start adding more to it. And before I knew it, I'll have created something even better than I initially thought. Now the world doesn't know. Everybody thinks of like, man, he just kills it back to back to okay. back. No. <laughs> Behind closed doors, if you look at my desktop or if you look at my hard drive, there's 7,000 versions of something that I play around with. Um, but you know, that's just, a, it's the great thing is like, I've been able to recognize the accident when it happens mm -hmm. and be able to build off of it instead of 
get tunnel vision like oh no it's not working like why isn't it like this i'll, I'll see the the beauty past that and be like uh oh we, we got something here and that's always how i've been able to kind of do things like and i enjoy that more than anything too is the process of the creating of the creation like having the accidents being frustrated forcing myself to do research uh you know look at other things that i could pull inspiration from and then apply it into myself learn new techniques like as high as I've gone up and in, in my career, I still love to just roll my sleeves up and get dirty with the work. Like it's something I can never walk away from. Mm, that's so, so cool. And I love that because it just goes to show the depth of the connection you have with it. You know, it talks to you, it speaks to you, it gives you so much, but you also kind of tap back in. And for me, what you've described there is, is what I like to call kind of the editing process, like being on your editing brain, right? Kind of literally. Like, Right. It's never fully finished and then and, and you always kind of go in and I'm a writer, so I'm thinking in that terms, but going back in and tweaking a word or tweaking a yep. cover, I, that I draw, oh. the actual creation I don't love, but the actual editing, oh, it's just like spiritual. How I look at it, especially because like I, a majority of what I do is digital, mm-hmm. is like I treat my hard drive, my computer like, uh, like an Altier, right? Like I have my work sitting out everywhere and I will go back to work all the time. I will go back into something like I'm picking up a paintbrush and I'm just retouching this painting. Like I don't see a difference yeah. in that medium. Obviously, I think the world definitely looks at like digital artists different than people who really do like, you know, physical art. But that's how I look at everything. Like I'm going to open it back up and come back to it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 maybe I want to play around with this a little bit more. Let me let it sit and marinate i love that how do you know when you're finished oh wow are you ever finished Mm. okay so the corporate side will be the deadlines hit and it's got to be done and i and i'm okay with it like i'm happy with it i feel like it's there i don't feel like there's any more tweaks right Mm -hmm. when i'm talking like in the terms of like that type of creative when it's something for myself whether it's like photography or film or if i'm you know creating a fashion line or anything like that it's never really done it's only done when i feel like i'm just completely exhausted with it i've given 150 percent. i don't feel like there's anything else left on the table like i feel emotionally like okay i almost hate it now because i've given so much to it like that's when i yeah that's when i feel like it's done um i still will have other versions of it too like it's so sad nobody really knows like how many versions of things i really make but i'll also like i have a, a, a close circle of people i really trust like i really trust and i will give it to them and i'll kind of do a consensus consensus mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. and if you know three out of five are pushing towards this then then i know it's it's there but if everybody comes back and it's scattered then my gut will tell me and I'll know like, oh, yeah, it's not it. I gotta go back. So having that. a good circle of people you trust is, is, is key. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the higher you go up to, like you really want to have people you can ping things off of mm-hmm. that you trust their opinion mm-hmm. and you feel you've, you, you're like, okay, this is, this is good. This is it. Cause what you can do is you can second guess yourself to the point that you never make a decision. Yeah. And you never start. Just mm-hmm. do it, said Mike for a reason, right? You gotta just. Yep get into the trenches and you know whatever happens happens very cool before i let you go because we're running out of time a little bit i would love to know about where you are at today and now because i know you 
first joined Revolt and you were really committed to revitalizing the brand, giving it a little more zhuzh and like a little more life to represent the culture and particularly the black community. Would you say, standing at where you are sitting now, would you say that has been achieved? 100%. I, I give so much praise to my team. I think we've done an amazing job in a short amount of time revitalizing a brand. Um, I tell a lot of them, I don't think they really realize it because we're in the, the thick of it every day. But it is harder to fix a brand that essentially was dying than to brand a new brand. Yes. Right. When you're starting from the beginning, you can control everything. Right. You can control your narrative and your perception. It's not it's not as difficult. Mm. When you're trying to fix something that's already had a uh, legacy issue staple. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's different because there's a harder, there's a harder battle to be met because you also, you're trying to fix the immediate, but then you also have to mend and fix things from the past that you're unaware of. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've fixed and done these things because in the more recent weeks, you know, very, 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 very uh, close to right now, mm -hmm. I've had people come for me from literally around the world, different parts of the industry who are now trying to pitch and bring things to revolt who i know before would never have thought about revolt wow. never revolt would have never been top of mind for trying to bring this movie trying to bring this show or bring this artist like we're really changing we really changed the dynamic of a company in under a year so you know my team has done an amazing job of that across the board too not just through the creative team like everybody especially in quarantine like we took a hard pivot Quarantine was probably the best thing ever happened for Revolt. Wow. Forcing us to sh shut down like half of our company, mm. focus on digital and and really like lock in. Mm. I feel like it'll go down in history is like probably one of the best company revamps in the shortest amount of time. And we're still and we're continuing to do even more great things and i'm very very excited about it especially when it comes to like representation within like the black community because i know that's you know it's always like a hard thing in media to make sure like you know you, it feels authentic and true and i feel like people know when they come to revolt like you're getting the true authentic voice um you know there's there's no paywall there's no curation behind it like we just give you the real so i'm very proud of everybody who's attached to that especially like our editorial team who is does an amazing job i mean like an amazing job they've done such great work in such a short amount of time also uh, you know, everybody, honestly, I try, I don't get to talk to everybody I want to. And hopefully, you know, most of my team and the company hears this though, but they should all be extremely proud of what we've done. Uh, and we've really only got started. That's the crazy thing too. We just got started. It's not like we're at the end of 10 years of work or something. Yeah. This is only a year in and we're killing it. Like, where are we going to be at in two, three years? It's, it's going to be fa fascinating to watch. We are absolutely tuned in. Danny, I've got to tell you, I think you're a little more like puff than you think. I love it. <laughs> I think he'll he'll appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know if you will, but you're definitely he's rubbed off on you and hopefully you rubbed off a little bit on him. Thank you so much for being on the show. Tell us where can we find you? Um and was anything else coming up for you personally? Um so we can check out and and you know chat to you. Absolutely. Like all people on my Instagram at Dunny D-U-N-N-I-E. Yes, I definitely have my own name. Uh and I'll get verified whenever I care for that. But um Andrew. I have hey, I got a couple things that um I'm excited about. I don't want to announce them now. I, I never like doing that until they're done. Uh, I just want to keep the energy in, in a great positive place though. But definitely, you know, pay attention to my socials and let those things go out. I have a lot more personal projects 
projects this year. I'm excited to do because uh, me and my wife, my wife had started a candle company. They did extremely well, uh, but we had to put it on pause because of like COVID and all these other things. So we're going to be uh, just relaunching that. A lot more personal projects. I would say that's what you'll get from me. Um, I, of course, I do everything with all my clients and stuff, but things that I'm more personally attached to and love, I'm going to be more active with this year. And I hope people enjoy it, you know, especially with like the NFT space. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try and have a bigger offering uh, and do something different than I've done before. And, uh, you know, just hopefully people will hear, continue to see the passion into the work and appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's all. That's all we can hope for. I love it. You are nothing if not passionate. This is Dunny West on The Social. We're going to get into some music. Uh, don't go anywhere.